This is the Nona.fm Rewind Podcast. Recent interviews and segments that aired on Nona.fm. You can subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Please share it with your friends. Welcome into a Monday, October 3rd. Let's take a look and see what happened on this day in history. After four decades of Cold War division and with pressure from the German Chancellor Helmut Kohl, Soviet leader Mikhail Gorbachev agreed to a unified Germany within NATO, leading to Germany's reunification on this day in 1990. 1995, one of the most sensational trials in U.S. history ended as a jury found O.J. Simpson not guilty of murdering his ex-wife, Nicole Brown Simpson, and her friend, Ronald Goldman. 1955, Captain Kangaroo premiered on CBS TV. I still remember watching that even into the 80s as a kid. It must have went off mid-80s, I believe, maybe. I remember definitely watching it, though, in the 80s. Chubby Checkers turning 81 years old today as we take a look at uh, birthdays for this Monday, October 3rd. Lindsey Buckingham of Fleetwood Mac is 73. Tommy Lee of Motley Crue is the big 6-0. Gwen Stefani turns 53 today, and Nev Campbell is 49. Noah Schnapp from the uh, Stranger Things television series on Netflix is turning 18. Special events are what makes today special or this week even. International Postcard Week, it's 4-H week. Mental Illness Awareness Week, it's also Work From Home Week. We celebrate primary care physicians this week and those four be- poor beleaguered folks that work in customer service as well. It's Mean Girls Appreciation Day today. It's Look at the Leaves Day today. And also Boyfriends are celebrated today, along with the Butterfly and Hummingbirds. Our food of the day, Caramel Custard. Eh, I'll pass on that one. It's also World Architecture Day and Techies Day as well. Whatever the case may be, make sure you make today, Monday, October 3rd, extra special. Taking a look at our Nona.fm events calendar for this week. It is Monday, October 3rd. We have the Exit 13 Sports Coach Robinson Show live tonight at Lime Fresh Mexican Grill. That's just south of the high school on Narcusi. And then we have Club Cardio tomorrow night. That's going to be at Dockside in Loria Park. And a lot of other great events. You can check them all out on the Nona.fm website. Let's go to Nona.fm, look for the events calendar. You can also find the events calendar on the Nona.fm mobile app as well. So we're here with the Meet the Candidate series continuing today. Heather Ashby joins us. She's running for Orange County Public Schools District 2. Hi, Ashby. Hello. How are you doing? Very, very good. I appreciate you coming in, talking to us here at Nona.fm and uh, being part of the Meet the Candidate series. Of course, it's a runoff, and uh, you are running against Maria Salamancas uh, coming up on November 8th. Yes, I am. And it's going to be here quick. Very quick. Absolutely. So, one day you woke up, said, I want to run for Orange County Public School Board. Why is how What happened? And it's funny that you say that, because that is kind of how it felt, where I jumped in and thought, what did I do? But... I am a school counselor currently. I I work in Orange County Public Schools, and education is my life. And a conversation had taken place with myself and several other teachers where they were just very concerned with 
the field and and who may be trying to run for school board in this upcoming election. And they said, boy, I wish, you know, somebody like you would run. And I laughed it off and, you know, went to bed and the next morning woke up and said, I'm going to do it. And that started the whole ball rolling. Fantastic. So you, you've you've survived a primary that had, I think, four folks running total? Total of five. Total so four others. Four others. Okay. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. I was trying to count them in my head. But um, so, so congratulations on that. And now moving forward, what are the particular issues or or issues that you see that are the most of what what were they saying to you? Obviously the conversation went deeper as to what it is you need to fix. It wasn't just who was running, but what issues are they facing in the classroom? So I would say ultimately we can boil it down to three major issues that people are the most concerned about. Um, the first is the mass exodus that is happening in public education statewide and really nationwide if you want to boil that down. And so teachers that are sticking around feel really overwhelmed because as people vacate, they have to kind of pick up the pieces of what's left. And when you cannot find a qualified teacher to take over, you have a parade of substitutes going through a class. You have students who are not really receiving instruction. You have teachers who normally teach that subject who are trying to intercede and provide lessons and grading extra papers and know they're not getting paid any extra money for this. And so then that burnout rate and that feeling just worn down continues to grow. And so the first thing that we have to look at and we really need to address is not only, you know, obviously attracting new people to the profession and certainly into Orange County, but then how do we retain and support our our current teachers? Um, So they stay. Do you think it's money? I think money is a big piece. And of course, everybody wants more money. And, you know, there are some things that are in our power when it comes to money. And there are some things that, you know, we may have to work with the budget that we have. Um, And then we have to start looking at reallocating. But an essential part of that is really listening to what are we asking teachers to do? How much of their own personal time are they giving? And, and giving them the support that they need so they're successful. So we can keep them in the classrooms working with the students. But we hear every year how the teachers have to purchase so much of their own supplies. Is that because the parents are not, are falling off from providing that? Who do you think should provide that? I know we kind of went in a tangent there, but. I mean, ideally you would hope that the schools provided the necessary supplies for teachers to do their lessons. Um, that has never really been my experience and I've been in education for over 25 years. So I do remember in the early days teaching and providing my class list of all the things that, you know, I wanted students to have so we could be successful in the year. Then as I had children in the system, I remember seeing, you know, the list that would come and I always thought like, doesn't everybody send this in? Like here, yes, take it. And, and really now less and less things come in. Some schools, yes, the the parents have the ability to provide those supplies, but not every school has a community that has that access. And and so when it doesn't come in, they have to look for other ways to to find those supplies. I have a, a high school friend who is an elementary school teacher on the west side of town, and, you know, she shares Amazon wish lists. She puts out, you know, sponsors of children so people will buy 
books for them so that they have a book to go home and practice reading. You know, so besides just paying for it herself, you know, she's veteran enough to realize she has a community that will help support her when she puts out those wish lists. But it is really up to the teachers to kind of figure out if I want to do this extra. If I'm telling a child to go home and read tonight, I need to make sure they have a book to read. Well, of course, everybody's concerned of school safety. And um, that I'm not going to go into detail with. But I will tell you, I've had a very detailed conversation with the Orange County Sheriff's Department, who, by the way, I do have the FOP endorsement. Um, Fantastic. But... There are some security issues. There's ways that we can strengthen, you know, our campuses. And and that's definitely something I want to look at and, and have further conversations about. I just don't want to publicly explain where those concerns would be, if you can understand why. I can definitely understand why. Thank you. That okay. makes a lot of sense. Absolutely. And, and I think you mentioned there were three things. Is there a third there, thing? There is a third thing, and that is the mental health piece. Um, as gotcha. again, I, I am a, a counselor by trade. And right now, I will say, especially post-COVID, the amount of anxiety we are seeing in students, um, both socially, but then just, you know, OCD tendencies, panic attacks, just it, it's very high, much higher than we've ever seen before. And... We need to look at what are the needs of our students. Not only are they recovering from a world that was in their ways shut down for, you know, a year and a half. So, yes, we do have academic setbacks, but they've also had a lot of social emotional setbacks and making sure that we're able to provide those supports as well as those academic supports, I think is extremely important. And when you start looking at the numbers of counselors and social workers and mental health counselors we have in the district, we cannot nearly um, provide the students the level of support that they need. And COVID, you know, COVID was hard on all of us. I think in Florida, you know, when I've talked to friends outside of Florida, we don't know what hard was as far as COVID. We, we, Got, we were back mainstream pretty quick compared to a lot of places. And then, but, and, and even in kids, I've read about this a lot. So children have a different frame of reference when it comes to time than we do. So for them, this lockdown was a lifetime. Yes. And, and so that's something I think a lot of grownups don't realize is how, you know, somebody used a great reference. He said, remember when you were a kid and you saw your girlfriend on Thursday and you weren't going to see her again until Tuesday? That was a lifetime. As adults, we're like, yeah, it's a weekend and a work day and no big deal. But for a, for a kid, that's a lot. And we just don't grab that reference. I think there's a lot of frames of reference we just don't get when it comes to kids and how hard this was on them. Incorrect. And yes, they may have been connected with like social media, the older children, but we know that is not the same type of camaraderie or companionship that real people, you know, that that's surface, that's insincere. And then you get people who are wrapped on that their entire perception of life is based on how many likes they get on a post or, you know, it's like we push them further in that direction. And and now they just sometimes don't know how to socialize. I don't know if you've watched, maybe I don't know how old your grandchildren are. It's interesting when you see a group of students anywhere, I would say from, you know, whatever age you would think that they'd be holding cell phones. So upper elementary school, maybe let's say <laughs> have their own um, on yeah. and you can watch an entire group of them 
and they're not talking to each other. They may no. be sitting near each other, but they're all on their screens. They're all on their phones. They're communicating via social media or other things, but they're kind of losing that connection. And so school makes them connect, right? Mm -hmm. the, the, the phones go away for a certain sense. You're having interactions in class. And when that was pushed virtually, they lost most of their live interactions. So you mentioned uh, the uh, you had one endorsement from the FOP, I believe it was mm -hmm. the um, the Fraternal Order of Police. I'm also endorsed by CTA, the Classroom Teachers Association, the AFL, CIO, FEA, um, Florida for All. I know I'm missing other ones, but I, I would say the things that I'm most passionate about is the fact that the teachers and the police are supporting me because my right. issues really directly go to their support and their needs. Absolutely. Well, fantastic. Is there anything you'd like to say in wrapping up today? In wrapping up today, I think I'd just like to stress that, you know, when, when people go to the ballot and they're making a choice to, to remember what you're choosing. And this is not really a, this is a nonpartisan election right. for school board. I believe you should put the person in the seat that has the background and I've been in education for over 25 years. I've been a classroom teacher. I'm a counselor. I sit in lots of meetings. This is my love. This is my background. So just as if you were going to have a medical procedure, you would want people on your team who had medical backgrounds. If we're going to make educational decisions, we need to have people that have a background in education. How's the best way for people to, to if they want to learn more about you, connect with you, how do they do that? Well, they can go to my website, ashbyforschoolboard.com. Um, I'm also on Facebook. I have an Instagram, but I can tell you I'm not great about <laughs> tweeting and doing the Instagram. I'm not good with the gram. No. I'm not either. No. Luckily, I have 20-something daughters who do help assist me on that, that front. Great. Um, but yes, definitely Facebook, online, send me an email. I, I would love to connect. Heather Ashby, running Orange County Public Schools. Uh, board district number two. Thanks for coming in. Thank you for having me. This is your exit 13 sports update on Nona.fm and Lake Nona High Athletics. Girls volleyball is canceled today. Tomorrow, they host Montverde Academy. They travel to Timber Creek on Wednesday, Thursday. Varsity football faces Dr. Phillips. In a nine touchdown shootout, the Buccaneers fell the Chiefs 41 to 31 in their second straight home loss. Eagles defense recovered four fumbles for a 29 to 21 win over the Jaguars. Rays fell the Astros 3 to 1 in Houston. Rays took on take on the Red Sox tonight on MLB Network. In 12 innings, the Marlins beat the Brewers 4 to 3 tonight. It's Braves and Marlins. Chase Elliott is your winner of the Yellowwood 500 and a wild finish at Talladega's Super Speedway in NASCAR Cup action. Orlando City lost 2-1 against New York City Football Club. Orlando faces Inter-Miami on Wednesday. Mackenzie Hughes won the PGA Sanderson Farms Championship with a 17-under par. Charlie Hall won in the LPGA with an 18-under. Join David Grimm and Coach Robinson every Monday night, 7 o'clock here on Nona.fm for the Exit 13 Sports Coach Robinson Show. Brought to you by orthopedic sports surgeon Dr. Vonda Wright. This is your Exit 13 Sports Update on Nona.fm.
Taking a look at our business news update in the markets. The vibes are so bad on Wall Street that investors worry one of the most iconic stock market streaks could be snapped. In the year following midterm elections, stocks have gone up every single time since 1942, increasing an average of 15%. While that would be welcome, it's not exactly expected as the Fed shows no signs of slowing down its rate hiking extravaganza. Taking a look at other headlines, Brazil's election heads to a runoff in Brazil's most important presidential election in decades. Neither former President Luiz Inácio Lula da Silva, or known as Lulu, or incumbent President Jair Bolsonaro got the 50% majority required to win the vote. So it's heading to a second round on October 30th. It appears the country is split between two very different candidates. Lula is a leftist who made a big comeback after being imprisoned for corruption, while Bolsonaro is a right, far-right populist who largely shrugged off the COVID-19 pandemic and also attacked the integrity of voting systems. 125 people died after an Indonesian soccer match in one of the world's worst sports stadium strate- uh, tragedies. 125 people died after a match between Arima FC and Persebaya Football Club on Saturday. In Credit Suisse, reports of my death have been greatly exaggerated. Leaders at the Swiss bank tried to calm down investors and clients after concerns mounted about its weak financial position. This is according to the Financial Times. Chris, uh, Credit Suisse's stock price has fallen to a record low and spreads on its credit default swaps have spiked suggesting that investors are worried about it potentially defaulting. CEO Ulrich Corner fired off a memo assuring employees that the bank has a strong capital base and liquidity position, but it remains in a critical moment ahead of a massive overhaul. That's your business news update on Nona.fm. Taking a look at the box office over the weekend. Movie attendance up just a tick, about 2.5% over the weekend. And number one movie was a horror film rated R called Smile. Came in at $22 million. Coming in uh, number two this week, falling from number one, is Don't Worry Darling. The Woman King is down to number three this week. Bros debuted at number four, at four and a half, four point eight million, I should say. Avatar, the 2022 re-release, fell to number five from number three. Coming in at number six this week, introduced at uh, number six, Ponyan Selvan, at just over four million. Barbarian fell from uh, fourth to seventh. Bullet Train hanging in there, now down to the eighth spot. Now, DC, the DC League of Super Pets is in at the ninth spot. And right down there at number 10, Top Gun Maverick may fall out of the top 10 for the first time in 19 weeks, coming out uh, early in the summertime. That's your top movies this week on Nona.fm. Thank you for listening to the Nona.fm Rewind Podcast. You can subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Hey, while you're at it, please share it with your friends.